What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Kane. I have my girl, Amanda Rogers, on the pod today. What's up, Amanda? What up? Happy to be here. Listen, it's been a long time we've been trying to set this up. It's been a couple months, I feel. It's like schedules. Yeah, yeah. It's taken us some time. It's been busy, busy, just, you know, having to reschedule. My bad. My bad. Listen, everything happens in due time. I wouldn't have had this dope shirt if you had done the pod earlier. For those of you who can't see, this is a SpongeBob uh, driver's license t-shirt, which is just cool on his own merits, but it's cool because part of Amanda and I's friendship was based around our love of SpongeBob like 10 years ago. And so it just kind of brings it all, you know, brings it all back. Perfect. With the sunset background, with the bikini bottom driver's license, it's all just divine. Listen, we're setting the mood, all right? This is not just a regular pod. This is, you know, if I had some jellyfish floating around, then I would just be jellyfishing while we're doing this pod. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, oh, got one. So tell me about your new job. Um, you would so, have to wear the glasses, the sun, the, the jellyfishing glasses. Yes. Here's the, I have a pair that are like that size, but they're white. And his were black in the show. So if I wore white ones, people who know SpongeBob would be like, nah, dude, you're, you're posing a little bit. So yeah. I just say, you know what? I'm not even going to do it. I wasn't that prepared to have mm -hmm. the big fake glasses on, the karate gloves. A little too much for me. I think I would have not been able to hold it together. So <laughs> a good balance that we started with here. I'm a, I want you to keep it together because we don't want this to go off the rails where yeah. we just started laughing about SpongeBob for half an hour and never get into any real topics. Yeah. But, but we haven't really seen each other in like almost 10 years, right? It's been a long time. And yeah, it's crazy. Life yeah. is insane. It's just a trip. Well, listen, tell me and the people at home, the millions of our listeners, the millions, um, a little bit about what, what you've been going through for the last decade. You can be brief and then we'll find points to kind of like dig deeper on. Okay. So brief, this is where I struggle with keeping things brief. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. But yeah, I mean, let's see back back. My story starts back in high school. Um, okay. but basically, you know, um, always been super passionate about fitness and uh you know when i got into college that's when i started my career as a group fitness instructor which is when you and i met yeah and um back in high school so you, right now you want me to kind of give a brief synopsis you're like, doing fine yeah just okay. you you're I'm, I'm riding with you i'm about yeah. to go in a little deep here i'll make sure i'm on the right train track right? we're in we're in bikini bottom you got no choice but to dive deep let's um, go Go, oh, I love that. Okay. Um, so my imbalances started when I was in high school. And that was when I first was introduced to fitness. I was doing uh, lacrosse, soccer. I got super, super into just activity all at the same time. And I got into health at the same time. So I basically started having horrible digestive issues back in high school. And it was really intense in high school. Uh, so this was before you met me. Um, I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome Ooh. and I don't even know if I've shared this with you. No, I didn't know this. So this is yeah. all finding out what the people are. Brand new information for you. There you uh, go. So, you know, I went through a really rough spot when I was in high school. I was really upset that I had to deal with this thing. Cause I don't know if you know anything about IBS. 
Um, but basically, the doctors, when they can't figure out what's going on, you know, they do all the endoscopies, colonoscopies, all the things, and they see like, oh, nothing's really wrong, but you have this thing that you just have to manage. You know, your, your, your digestion is just not going to be good for the rest of your life. So at the time, I was so young, I didn't understand it. But anyways, um, it ended up getting better because I learned how to manage my symptoms, and I, I learned how to like live my life and do whatever I wanted to do, but still inside, like I, I always was suffering with weak digestion. Um, <clears throat> so when I got to college, I was obviously having a blast, you know. <laughs> At that, at that time, I had totally learned how to manage it, but yeah. you know, on the outside, you know, so, so I would like basically prepare myself to like go to a party and be like, I'm good for the night. Like my digestion, I did, my digestion is good to go and I'm, I'm good, you know, or if I was going to go teach a group fitness class or whatever, you know, so I was, I was doing all of the stuff I wanted to do on the outside. I was super active, having an amazing time, right. um, but inside, like, you know, physically, I definitely was suffering from digestive upset a lot. Uh, and that never really went away until um, I discovered Ayurveda, which was five years post-college. Mm. So basically from the time I, uh, that you and I were in college together, from then until <clears throat> I was about 25, so like five years after that, I, uh, I worked at a boutique fitness studio called Orange Theory Fitness. And yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, <clears throat> but it was a lot, you know, I was teaching like 21 classes a week at one point and I was just really active and I, I was just always so used to saying yes, 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 let's go. Like I always thought, you know, to be, produ to be busy and to always say yes to things was to be productive, you know, mm -hmm. so I was just really burnt out. You know, and this is after, this is like years upon years building up after our college years. I don't know if you had the same experience because you were more of a personal trainer. This, this, there's burnout in personal training, mostly about the waking up sleeping schedule. You go to bed super late and then you wake up like at four or five in the morning and you do that for five or six days a week. It does seem like, especially I was living, I moved from Orlando to Miami. Miami's, you know, people don't sleep in Miami. So it made it more difficult to like train and try to have fun and still be like a functioning person. So there was burnout where I would take a cruise yearly with Mark, who you know, and a bunch of other people you don't know. And that was like, I got to take this cruise, man. I'm so stressed out from personal training. And it, that was my release. But that's it. So, yeah, I do know a little bit what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So that that for sure. Um back in college, it was, it was, the burnout was uh, just teaching tons of group fitness classes, you know, and then working out on top of that. And then on top of that partying, you know, and I know that you're, you're not as much of a partier, right? If nah, I remember correctly, nope. right? I was, a, I, was a, I threw parties. That's why I see, I, I, I learned the cheat code. I didn't want to go to other people's parties. I didn't want to, and I didn't, I don't drink. I didn't drink in college. I don't drink now. Right. So that made it, partying was always chill. I can go to my house or go to someone else's party and be like, oh, it was 1.30. All right, I'm good. And then just go home. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a, dude, it's four in the morning, man. Smash. It was none of that. I didn't have those moments. So my yeah. partying was a lot more contained. Which is great. You know, that that's amazing. <laughs> Me in college was not that case. I mean, I never was the type to be like, oh, it's four o'clock. Like, I'm fucked up. Let's keep partying. It was more like, 
okay, house party, like, let's drink, let's have a good time, you know, like, I didn't overthink it. That was just like me going along with the stuff, you know, but yeah, it's college. Um, but you know, diet and lifestyle play such a role in your, in your energy levels and all that stuff. So, um, basically that plus the group fitness, I was having a blast in all areas of my life and I just wasn't resting enough. Mm. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to like stay on track here. So basically that was the college experience. And then I worked at orange theory and it was just that plus the orange theory years of still like having a good time and partying, like whatever, you know, just riding out of the college experience. And then I finally like hit a wall when I was, I think 24 or 25, 24, I think was the age. Mm -hmm. And it was like rock bottom. Like my body could not handle anything else anymore the digestive issues that i was experiencing started turning into intense anxiety hormone imbalance uh just ridiculous physical and mental symptoms that i just felt so disconnected from myself and i hit this point when i was 24 and i was like all the stuff like i don't know if you remember from college but group fitness was my shit like i you're a beast I loved it. Yeah. It was, I was so passionate about it and I still am. But at 24, I was just so burnt out and so disconnected from my body. Like I just felt exhausted and my, the anxiety was so, in, so intense that I, I wasn't passionate about it anymore. And I remember I was, um, the, the moment that I realized like, I've got to make change. Like I've got to figure something out, you know, um, was when I was auditioning for a cycling position at this boutique cycling studio. And I was in front of, you know, all the people auditioning and I'm, and I, of course an audition is always a little intimidating. Right. But it was so weird because I just felt so freaking nervous. And I'm like, this is so strange because I'm the type of person that, you know, you put me on a microphone in front of people and that's where I light up. You know, I can be very timid, like outside of that, but typically when you're there, that's when I'm like, boom, I'm in my element. So it was just like that moment that I realized, okay, something has got to change. And this is after, this is after 10 years of, of trying different diets, you know, like candida diet, gluten-free diet, paleo diet, all these different diets to try to heal my digestive system. I was constantly trying different things and then partying and working out and doing all these things, but always, always on a mission to like feel better. And so I just tried everything. And then finally at this rock bottom moment, I was like, I've tried everything. Like I've seen acupuncturists, I've seen Western doctors, Eastern doctors. I've seen like, I felt like I had seen everything and and tried everything. And so I just remember having this moment and I was legit like praying. I was like, help, like I need help. Like, I don't know what to do. I feel horrible. I was like, just distraught from this, this, you know, this specific experience of auditioning for, you know, the position. And, um, it wasn't long after that, that I was introduced to Ayurveda, which is what I do now. Um, is where it all just like takes a shift and takes a turn. Um, but basically Ayurveda changed my life. It helped me understand the mind body connection. It helped me to see so clearly how our diet and our lifestyle is so in direct connection to the state of our mind and how important it is to, to strengthen digestion, um, just through your diet and lifestyle, you know, and it's not just about what you eat, you know, but it's about how you eat, 
you know, it's about how you cook your food based on your mind body type and all of these things. Like basically I learned so much about the imbalances that I was experiencing and it just, it, it was explained to me in a way that made so much sense. And we can get into like what Ayurveda is and all of that, but yeah. you know, just to keep this part as brief as possible. Um, <laughs> it's like 40 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrapping it up, wrapping it up. Three hours in? Cool. I'm just, yeah. I'm almost there. Just let me put the bow on it. Let me, let me wrap it up. <laughs> Keeping it, keep it brief. Keeping it brief. Um, but anyways, Ayurveda, it, it really explained so much. So it resonated with my soul. And I just, I took a leap and I decided to work with this practitioner who was introduced to me like very, like, I won't even get into that story because that's going to be a whole nother like tangent. But she came into my life like, at the perfect time and um i decided to work with her for the next six months of my life and it was like you know i went from party animal fitness addict not addict but just like fiend you know love to work out worked out all the time to uh you know no drinking uh cooked all my meals at home meditating waking up and going to sleep uh you know in rhythm with nature like you know just completely shifted my lifestyle, which going from that to that was, there was a lot of fear and uncertainty. And I was like, oh my God, like this is going to be really different because not only is this going to, you know, not only is this like just different stuff, but it's going to affect my social life. It's going to, um, it's just a whole different way of living. But I was so desperate at the time to feel better. And I resonated so much with Ayurveda that I didn't, I really just knew there was no other option. And I was really excited about it. So I dove in there and um, to keep this portion of it as brief as possible. <laughs> <laughs> when someone tells you the fourth time and keeping it brief, listen, this is, I promise, I, I promise you this is brief. I'm like, but that's the third time that I've heard. I love this. Keep going. You're fine. Wrapping it up. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so basically I dove into it head first and I experienced insane shifts, mind, body, the anxiety was completely gone. I was like, wow. And it opened my eyes to see how lost so many people, including myself, we get into in modern society in working jobs that suck the life out of us that have that, that, that don't, the jobs aren't considerate of our personal health, you know, of our personal balance, you know, and we get so disconnected and then we wonder why we feel certain ways. And um, it just, it, it opened my eyes to the way the world functions. And it was such an epiphany moment for me. Um, it was like word vomit, like always coming out of my mouth, like every person I talked to about like my, the experiences that I was going through. And it was just so profound. And that led me to become yoga certified. Uh, and I went to Hawaii for 30 days where I was, do, it was a yoga and Ayurveda experience. So, um, although I was living the Ayurvedic lifestyle, working with a practitioner for six months here, I was still working and it was difficult to kind of live it fully, you know what I mean? To, to experience the full healing power of Ayurveda, which is really like living in rhythm with nature. So waking up with the sun, going to sleep with the sun, allowing your body to get back in touch with that because modern society is hard. You know what I mean? Um, so when I went to Hawaii and I got yoga certified and I lived the Ayurvedic lifestyle, I was able to, I was just there, you know what I mean? So we were waking up at 4:15 in the morning, going to bed at like 8:30 at night, practicing yoga, meditation, learning all of just spirituality, everything. It was, it was an incredible experience. 
Um, so that changed my life even more. And um, now here I am today, and I put these online programs together. <laughs> and that's what I do now. Now I help people like find balance and do all that. So that's my brief synopsis of what I've been up to. <laughs> it's like, that's my long story, less long, uh, still moderately long. Yeah. I hope you got it. That's, that's a pretty complete explanation. I'm going to try to find parts of what you said to like expound upon. The last part actually is what just stood out to me is you said essentially when you went to Hawaii, that's when you were fully able to dive in and fully live it, right? But most people don't live in Hawaii and or can't go and do that. So your teaching now is trying to, you're trying to approximate the experience that you got in Hawaii, I'm guessing, because people can't fully do what that is in our normal society, but you could on that kind of retreat situation. So how much of, the full experience do you hope to get to people as they try to acclimate to that lifestyle with what society's lifestyle kind of dictates? Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. You know, and that's a great question um, because Ayurveda, you know, it's an ancient wisdom that's it's, it's basically a lifestyle that's been around for thousands and thousands of years you know, 5,000 plus years ago, it's basically the lifestyle that supports the practice of yoga. That's why it was created. Mm, right. You know, so yoga is like a spiritual path. You know, there's, there's the physical aspect of yoga, which is the posture in what modern society, Western, you know, world knows as yoga, but yoga is a whole path. And people practice the postures and whatnot and follow the whole path of yoga in order to be able to meditate and to really have a clear mind and ultimately to reach... Uh, what they call um, is, uh, oh my God, I'm having a brain fart moment. Um, samadhi. <laughs> samadhi. <laughs> Yoga. Which is just, it's, it's bliss. You know, it's like that um, when you're able to really tap in when you're meditating. You know, that's why you practice yoga. So anyways, Ayurveda allows the mind and body to be in balance so that you're able to reach that state. So, um, but the thing is, you don't have to practice yoga in order to benefit from the Ayurvedic lifestyle. Mm. And the reason that I wanted to go to Hawaii to experience it full on to a T was because I was, I was just going through a unique phase of my life. And I felt like if I live the Ayurvedic lifestyle and I get to experience it to a T, I'm going to fully heal from everything. You know, and that's just not the, like the case all the time, you know, because life is so complex. Sure. And let me tell you, my mind and body was so imbalanced. And I mean, you know, like I was super healthy while, while I was there and still, you know, like it's it, it clears out uh, a lot of the toxins that you build up in your body just from living in modern society by living the Ayurvedic lifestyle. One of the practices is cleansing regularly when the seasons change and whatnot. Um, but you know, being there, like, okay, what am I trying to say exactly? Um, you don't have to live the Ayurvedic lifestyle to a T in order to, to, to benefit from it. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to sum up and, and put into words what I was trying to verbalize before, but I think when I just have to let that come to me because okay. it's not coming out. Right now. Can, I, can I can I offer in a an like a analogy and maybe that can jog it? Is it yeah. like people who 
they fast regularly and then people who occasionally fast. There's still benefits to the occasional fast. You just don't reach the amount of benefits as doing it regularly are. Like your body does get to reset. You do get to cleanse and that's necessary. But because of how society is, we don't get to just have moments to do all that kind of stuff. So in your teachings, people find benefits to it because it's so contrary to what their normal life is. But if they have more time to devote to it, then they can get more benefit from it. Yeah, definitely. So, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it really boils down to like, what are your what are your goals? You know, what are you seeking? If you're seeking to go deeper into meditation and you really want to go down that spiritual path, then the whole lifestyle of Ayurveda, like living it to a T, is there for you. And it, it's a beautiful path, and you can experience incredible uh, mind body balance and clarity from it. Um, but if you're if you're living in in modern society and maybe you're just wanting to find balance, because we all live so out of balance at certain points in our lives. You know, it's not not all but a lot of people do just the nature of like going to a job and um, putting, you know, work responsibilities before your health and going out to eat, eating late dinners, things like that. It's so, it's all so backwards, yeah. you know? So if you're just trying to feel better in your body um, and, and get closer to your natural state, you know, then adopting some, uh, some Ayurvedic principles, um, which can be, for example, just, eating three meals a day versus snacking like all the time, you know, that's just one simple practice of how to strengthen digestion. You can adopt these simple things and benefit so much, you know, and then just understanding like your specific uh, makeup, you know, one of the Ayurvedic, um, one of the Ayurvedic principles or or understanding understandings, I guess you could say is uh, that we are all super, super unique. You know, you have a certain makeup. I have a certain makeup. There's three mind-body types, and it's vata, pitta, kapha, basically, and they each have characteristics. Um, each one is char- is made up of two elements. Um, Ayurveda is all based in nature. So um, we have all three doshas in us. They're called doshas, but we have them in varying amounts. So it's understanding yourself and knowing that one diet isn't going to work for every single person out there. You know, just like in fitness and like everything, it's like not one fitness routine is going to work for everyone. You have to, when you understand your tendencies and your makeup, then you can move and eat and live in ways that bring you balance just by having that consciousness and that awareness. Gotcha. So so now like my, my question pool is opening up, which is cool. That's, that's good. I want to feed off of this because I don't know any of this. But everything I'm getting, I'm getting now was all like firsthand. I'm like, oh, but what if? So, say I got a question. <laughs> so, once you, so given how you went through the process versus how someone else would go through the process, is okay. this like a chemical change in the brain where if you get exposed to it, and let's say maybe you relapse back into society because of life? Yeah. Do you? maintain some of the benefits of it or is it a practice like yoga like stretching where if you stop doing it then it's almost like it never happened like it just kind of leaves yourself yeah oh my god you asked really good questions (laughs) i've done this damn really awesome okay so um yeah once once you learn ayurveda and once you experience ayurveda you're never going to unexperience that 
you know, so you're going to, your world is going to be opened up in a way where you understand how good you can feel, you know? And so that doesn't mean that if you stop living the Ayurvedic lifestyle, that you're going to always feel good just because you experienced it once, you know, if you stop doing the practices, which I did many times, and that's a whole part of my story, you know, like I tried Ayurveda, I loved it. And I was like, wow, but then I wanted to rebel. And I was like, well, like, what about that person? They're great. And they're living that way. So, you know, I went back in the other direction and just to test it out because like I, I had to do that. I had to know. And I did. And I felt like horrible, like shit. And so then I would slowly, I would, I would always revert back to Ayurveda and go back to Ayurveda because I, I knew how good I could feel. Um, and so, so yeah, that, I, I mean, if you do a cleanse or some sort of in, in like an Ayurvedic cleanse, there's, there's ones called Panchakarma, which are super intense. I haven't even done that yet. Um, but if you do a cleanse and like you clear out some of the, the toxins, yes, you will still maintain more balance. You'll be more balanced, even if you do go back into your old ways, but the toxins can accumulate back up and you can definitely end up imbalanced very easily if you're not conscious of it, you know? So in your in your experiences you you were enlightened for a moment and went back to let's call it the darkness just for the sake of the podcast even yeah. though that's not really what it is it was lightness to darkness when you went to that darkness was it like you felt like a fish out of water or did you just feel like a, a lesser level of satisfaction with the same things you did before because sometimes we come back because we just didn't find the answers in that place or we just feel like there's a calling to come back but if you went to party or you went with some guy or what have you and it just wasn't fulfilling you say you know what i want that fulfillment let me go back like what was it that really pushed you to go back you rebelled to leave but then you got pushed back what was it that pushed you back what was it that pushed me back to ayurveda um so basically i would i rebelled because my main things were i love i've always been the type of person to enjoy just life. Like I, I love, uh, I, I like to say yes to all the experiences and I like adventures and stuff like that, you know, and for me, my fun has been, uh, like I appreciate really good wine, you know, um, my aunt and I developed this like passion when I lived with her after college. And, um, I love like, going out to eat and like I, I appreciate these things you know these are like the th the material things in life or whatever that i have associated um like pleasure with you know like i enjoy them right. and so when i gave them up my concern was like okay well am i never going to be able to like drink a glass of wine again or like am i never going to be able to go to a reggae concert again like <laughs> get fucked up you know like <laughs> you know and and so I just couldn't, I was like, no, this is silly. And so I always had that like side of me um, that, that wasn't settled. I'm like that, that's a, such a free spirit side of me that I felt. And, you know, we categorize and label and all these stuff, all these things, but I felt like I needed to know, you know, so that's what, that's what pushed me back to rebel. And so I went back just cause I wanted to let go. I wanted to just like to do that, you know, and it, I felt like I would find more freedom in doing that only to realize that it truly is not freedom. It's, it's just, it's, it's a trap of like feeling really disconnected and, and out of balance, 
you know, and so ultimately when you are feeding into your indulgences all the time and you're not living any with any discipline or structure or routine or any of that stuff, you know, uh, then you don't feel you don't you're not in alignment with your goals or your priorities. And ultimately, you're not in alignment with your yourself. And I and I feel like your soul or whatever it is, you know, your intuition always wants to guide you back to balance. And mm that is what always would bring me back to Ayurveda. Um, just because I knew, I knew how good it felt to, to live in mind body balance. And in Ayurveda, it's in, it, there's a thing called Dharma. So right. basically when you are, when you, when you balance your mind and body, uh, you have, uh, you're, you're more in touch with your life purpose. So mm. when you're, when you're taking care and you're nourishing yourself and you have a clear mind, um, it's called Dharma. And Dharma is like, you know, you understand, it's kind of like you're led to that naturally. Uh, and that's like universal support, you know, the, the universe kind of guides you and you have this like, you know, this, like your Dharma is, is to do comedy and, and to, to talk to people and make people laugh. And like, that's your Dharma. Like you have this like universal support, you know, that, that it's just, what you're here to do and you can feel that so when you when you're out of balance and you're living these crazy lifestyles like you have no idea sometimes you don't even know who, who you are like you're probably not in touch with that um and so by going back to ayurveda it really helped me to understand you know what i'm i'm here like i am really passionate about ayurveda i'm really passionate about helping people i'm really passionate about and i've always been that way you know, even through fitness through group fitness through personal training I love it, you know, but it's like the imbalances that I experienced, like literally led me to uh, the path of Ayurveda and yoga. And, and um, I felt like that, you know, it totally led me to my Dharma. Um, so that was a bit of a tangent, but hopefully we're still on track. <laughs> we're, we're, listen, this whole podcast is tangential. We just, that's, that's how comedians brains work. So I, I think maybe I'm giving that out to my, my guests. I do have a question because I think, I have a lot of questions. So now that you're more in line with your your balance, your life, your world balance, does that mean, this may be a two-part question, does that mean you can no longer partake in reggae and wine and those kind of things you did you previously you previously found pleasure with? Or does it mean your your dharma indicates that those things aren't actually pleasurable at all? And that you have to subtract them completely from your life because people who let's say someone's hearing this and they're like oh i'm interested in it i'm sure part of the question is what level of discipline do i need to put in because if i like music and i like wine in my family and i'm having to remove that to achieve some level is that removing the balance a little bit because i'm fully on this path and never partaking in the other path mm -hmm. such good question yeah. Um, so I definitely now this answer would probably it's it's really different based on like what teacher of Ayurveda you're talking to. Um, but I, I truly am, I'm so passionate about infusing your authenticity into your lifestyle, you know, and so I don't believe in uh, giving up 
things that you you have fun what you know what lights your soul up you know like reggae lights my soul up live music lights my soul up you know alcohol is questionable obviously alcohol is alcohol but it's like as long as it's not an issue for like like i've never been an alcoholic you know i can go i can go months without drinking you know what i mean like i don't I, i don't have that kind of relationship with it so for me it's like you know what it's a fun thing and like for me if I'm not in the phase of my life yet that I'm ready to give that up, then you should never force yourself to do that. You know what I mean? You do it when you're ready and you'll know when you're ready. And that's a whole, that's a whole lesson in itself that I had to learn the hard way, uh, living the Ayurvedic lifestyle. You know, I thought you had to do everything to a T and perfectly and all of that. And if you didn't, you would be out of balance and then you wouldn't you would be off path like i had this like one very narrow-minded like you know view on it and that's just not the case like you really have to honor yourself you have to honor who you are you have to let go sometimes you have to let go of the illusion of control that you have you know what i mean you can't you can't allow this path to be some just another thing to control in your life you know because there's so much that it can offer you but truly what you're learning to do is you're learning how to nourish yourself and you're learning how to create balance for yourself so that doesn't mean you have to give up reggae it doesn't mean you have to give up wine or whatever it is that you you enjoy you know your indulgences you don't have to do that unless you feel called to do that you know and if you feel called to do that and follow that you know, but if you want to, if, but if you still enjoy those things, like I do, I, I mix them into my life, but I know that my personal balance, like I won't feel good if I'm going out or drinking wine, like four, four nights out of the week, you know what I mean? Like that doesn't feel good to me. So it's, it's more for me, it's more about creating, I help people create that 80, 20 version of balance. You know, and, and truly, because so many people live on that, that 80, 20 in reverse, you know, like 80% is out of balance, 20% of the time they take care of themselves, you know what I mean? And I like to flip that around uh, so that you are taking care of yourself, but you're able to infuse like one, one or two nights or one day or whatever, like whatever your indulgence is, maybe it's like one piece of cake, whatever it is a week. I mean, not, you, know, you can have a piece of cake every day. That's, that was a bad example, but you know what I mean? So I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in that 80, 20 thing, but I had another question earlier. So now that you're a full fledged practitioner and if you're in the middle of your coaching and someone has a question or there's a part of the lesson that maybe you don't have a full grasp on for some reason, is there someone that you can talk to that's above you or like a mentor type person that can guide you on how to guide that other person? Or would you refer them directly to that other person who may be more qualified? Yeah, yeah. So I I wouldn't, so to be a practitioner, you have to go through like uh, a whole like two years, I think it is of schooling. Um, There's different levels. Uh, So I consider myself a specialist, an Ayurvedic specialist, just to clarify that. Um, But yeah, I have my mentors for sure. And, you know, I don't, I don't work with, with um, people who have certain diseases or, or, you know, maybe like Crohn's disease or something like that. If they come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm experiencing this and that I'm like, well, I can't help you with this, but I have, you know, this person in my circle that I always refer them to. And um, my, my friend, Austin, he's an Ayurvedic 
uh, I forget, I think he's a practitioner or counselor. I can't remember, but he's brilliant. And so I usually refer them to him or I refer them to, um, I don't know if I've ever referred anyone to, to Lo, but she's the one that, uh, that actually I worked with. Um, and I would most definitely refer people to her that I felt like, you know, she could help. Okay, cool. I'm trying to get the whole structure of all this. Now, yeah. back to the 80-20 thing. So mm -hmm. is it, not, is it possible? Is it advisable on your end? Because I guess when someone comes to you and they have a goal, then you set guidelines and said kind of an overview of what you expect. Do you expect people to be 80% devoted to the path? I'm gonna call it the path because it just sounds cool. And then 20% secular or do you like, are your expectations more diminished because people tend to be kind of weak when it comes to discipline, the latest stuff? Well, one thing I do work on with my clients is discipline. You know, it is, it's understanding the balance between discipline and also being able to let go, you know, and how much, how much freedom you can find in, in developing, you know, the muscle of, of discipline. Um, you know, and that's a, that's a, that's a teaching that, that uh, is very strong in yoga, uh, you know, in Ayurveda as well. And, and um, so I don't, I don't expect anything. I don't, ex well, I guess I shouldn't say I don't expect anything, but um, I definitely work on helping my clients develop that muscle of discipline. And, and I do, help them understand, you know, if you don't do these things, then it's not going to happen for you. You know what I mean? And it's, it's with any diet or fitness plan or whatever. It's like, if you, if you, if you're going to commit to a fitness routine, like you have to have the discipline and, you know, to, to go and show up for yourself, you know what I mean? And if you want to change your, your reality, if you want to change your life, like you got to have, you got to have the discipline to, to make it happen. You know, so I do expect them to be ready and willing to make certain changes because otherwise they won't get the results, you know? Um, sure. So does that answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Because like you're, because I, basically I was saying, based on someone's discipline level, do you lower the expectations? And you said part of it is upping their discipline level. So the expectation really shouldn't drop. We should raise your expectations and your discipline to match what's expected of you. So yeah, you answered yeah. it like you did a reverse answer. I was like, oh, okay. That's what you did there. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. And I will, I, I also, you know, I meet my clients where they're at too, you know, cause I think it's important to understand someone who, you know, who's just way not, you know, has been living a life of imbalance and has, are really on that side of the spectrum. You know, you got to, introduce it to them in a way that's digestible and not so much at once because it can be a lot of, of change right. you know? and it's it's and it's just like the very small changes that you do on a consistent basis are truly what uh, what what lead to lasting results you know so it's really just working with with you wherever you're at you know if you're having drinks every single night you know what i mean like that's okay i'll work with you and we'll, we'll work on that. You know what I mean? In a way that's not super intimidating, but also challenging for them enough to like, to make some change. I gotcha. So now we're going to transfer, not transfer, bad word. We're going to transition. I was like transfer, like, you know, I don't know why I started dancing. We're going to transition into the fitness side of it because 
most of what we've been talking about so far is the digestive and the mental part of it, which I guess are two of the big three. Now we get into the actual workout portion of it. Are the, how do the workouts, how are they structured in terms of the person's physical needs? Or is it like you have a, a set of exercises and you kind of dole it out? I know we've, we've both been trainers before, so I know the nomenclature and stuff, so you don't have to like dumb yeah. it down. But as far as like for the people who don't know how programs are designed, do you, is it based on their physical limitations or is it these workouts align with their spirit better? And so that's where the program comes from. All right. I'll break it down for you. <laughs> oh boy. Is you're ready. <sighs> okay. So um, there's three mind-body types, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. So basically the workouts are designed um, with all with that in mind of what your makeup is. And usually we have a dominant mind-body type. So a dominant dosha is what it's called. Um, and each dosha is a little bit different. So I'll go through a brief explanation real fast of each dosha, and then I'll tell you, you know, how movement plays a role in that. Okay. Okay. So Vata. So first of all, Ayurveda is, is based on the five building blocks of nature. So like thousands and thousands of years ago, these brilliant ancient rishis and sages, they just like observed nature and they intuitively saw that these elements, they don't just show up in nature, but they actually show up inside of us too. You know what I mean? Like the air and the space, they, they show up in us. Like, and I'll explain that in a second, but um, so there's earth, water, fire, air, and space. Um, Vata is a makeup of air and space. Okay. Pitta which is, uh, is a makeup of fire and water, okay? And then kapha is earth and water. So the way these show up in us, I'm gonna go through them briefly. So vata, air and space, is like the wind in nature, okay? So you look at okay. the wind, air and space, the wind moves, right? So vata governs in us any movement, anything that has to do with movement, so the nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. That's how, that, that's how those elements show up in us. Um, you think about the peristalsis in your intestines, movement. Yeah. Think about the way your blood is pumped through your veins. This is all movement. Yeah. Um, and then you think about the movement in your mind. You know? So if you have too much movement in your lifestyle and too much stimulation, then you're going to experience anxiety, uh, scatterbrain, mm -hmm. gas, bloating, um, things of that nature. And then Vata also air and space. It's the season of, of winter. The qualities of it are cold, light, and dry. So if you have a lot of cold foods in your diet, like smoothies, raw salads, um, uh, just, you know, ice water, things of that nature, <laughs> crackers and stuff like that, this is yeah. light, dry, you're going to be adding to the Vata in your body. So you're increasing that imbalance. So if you are Experiencing those things, the idea is to do the opposite. So, so mixing fitness, I'll just stick with Vata and finish this one out. How movement uh, relates to all this is if someone has a dominant Vata dosha, they have a lot of Vata in them, then naturally they are very lighthearted. You think about the wind, right? Very lighthearted, very carefree, super creative people. Uh, lots of dancers are Vata, dominant Vata. They have. See, I was dancing a second ago. You see how did you see how it? Remember, yeah. I was like, what? "See, you got some vata in you. You got some pizza in you for sure." We'll go. We're gonna dive deeper. Oh, oh boy, I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah. 
<laughs> Good to you. But so Vata is naturally all of those things that I just named. So creative, lighthearted, carefree, all of that. Um, but when you're out of balance, you know, you, that's when you experience the anxiety, the gas, the bloating, all of these things. So that means you have too much movement going on in your, in your mind, or you have too much movement going on in your diet and your lifestyle, and maybe even your fitness routine. So if someone who's experiencing anxiety and all this overstimulation of like modern society or whatever's going on, and then they go into a workout routine, that's like high intensity interval training, or they go on like a long distance run. This is really not bringing them back. Gotcha. Ultimately, adding to their exhaustion, it's adding to their fatigue, it's adding to their nervous system imbalance. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So someone with a vata imbalance, when you put, when you mix in the fitness routine, what they would need more is like grounding movement. So you want to add the opposite of cold, light and dry. So you want to add weight to their body. You want to add heaviness to their body. So weight training, like heavy weights, lower reps is super ideal for someone with that kind of mind body type. I got it. Mm-hmm. So that's, I'm, I'm here for it. All right, cool. So that's, <laughs> And then pitta, pitta is, is fire and water. So um, fire and water, the way it shows up in nature is uh, anything that has to do with transformation. So just like a seed is transformed into a plant, yeah. right? Sun, photosynthesis. So same thing in us. It's how we digest and we transform our food or anything, you know, how we digest, not just our food, how we turn the food into energy, but also how we digest life. You know, so it's like mm. how we, uh, through all five of our senses, how we see things, how we hear things, how we're digesting things. This is the pizza dosha. Um, and really it's connected to, to your metabolism, you know, uh, and your digestive system. So those who have a, a dominant pizza dosha, they typically have fast metabolisms, naturally athletic bodies. Um, you know, they, they, they don't, they usually can eat like whatever and be fine, you know? Um, and, uh, they, they do have the tendency to overheat though, cause fire and water. So if you have too much heat in your diet, um, then you might start experiencing heartburn. You may start experiencing, um, acid reflex, things of that nature. And then if you have too much heat in your body, you might start getting like really impatient, really irritable, anger problems, things of that nature. Um, and also pitches are extremely competitive, very competitive people. And they're also the type to get shit done, like entrepreneurs, you know, like, let's do this, no fucking around, like, yeah. like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So yeah, so they have a tendency, <laughs> they have a tendency towards like burnout, because they don't make enough time to, to rest and play and have a good time. You know, they, they, they're just always, always, always doing, 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 doing workaholics. Um, so, uh, jumping, a lot, jumping around a little bit, but the, when, when, in terms of fitness pizzas, because they're so competitive, they're super prone towards injury and they have a very strong ego when it comes to, to working out. So a lot of people with the pizza, um, mind body types, they are attracted to things like CrossFit and um competitive sports weightlifting bodybuilding things of that nature and they'll literally do anything to finish first or hit that last rep or whatever and yeah. then they get injured like, i'm sure you've had many clients like that right uh, don't get me started <laughs> <laughs> been training for 12 years i've yeah yeah a lot of them right so 
that that's you know that's the pitta the pitta mind body type so for someone who has a strong pitta constitution then um it's it's good to keep that in mind that first of all they're going to need they're going to want a challenge you know so you have to fuel that within them but creating a structured routine for them where you know um it's challenging them, but it's, it's also helping them to become aware of their mind and, and helping them, them to release the ego when they work out. And also um, just it, like compound exercises, like back-to-back exercises are really good because it keeps them going. It keeps them like feeling the burn and uh, also like, you know, explosive movements, but um, really paying attention to like the rest periods that you add in there for them so that they're not so that they just develop that consciousness, you know? Um, and also it's really important for pittas to, to, to drink like a lot of water because they tend to get really dehydrated because they just overheat. So you really right. want to keep them as cool as possible. Um, so yeah, that, that basic, that's the pizza dosha. Yeah. Any questions on the pizza? No, this, listen, I'm, I'm a trainer. So this is all intuitive. Like once you explain one side, then my brain can like fill in the blanks. Oh, they, they're too active. You got to like slow them down. They're yeah. too competitive. You got to like help them protect themselves and keep like, I, that, that does this. Yeah. So right. I'm, I just haven't heard the specifications or the types like by these names, mm-hmm. but as you're talking, I'm thinking of people and mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that client and I'm kind of putting them in these loose fitting boxes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's It's really common sense. You know, once you understand it, it makes so much sense. It's like, like increases, like opposite brings balance, you know? Um, but it, it does, it does definitely like give you a deeper understanding of how to adjust, adjust things, you know? Um, okay. So last one, kapha. So the kapha dosha is earth and water. Uh, and now earth and water is uh, in nature, you think of um, the earth, right? It's our stability. It's, it's what holds us together, right? right? So in the human body, it's the bones and the muscles. And then also the water, any, any water that we have in our body. So that's the, that's the kapha dosha. So, so for those who have a strong kapha constitution, they are naturally bigger boned. Um, they uh, are very grounded in who they are. They're very chill and like not really affected by much, you know, for example, someone with a strong Vata constitution, if they have like a shot of espresso, they're going to be like freaking zooming, like probably just freaking out. Zoom, uh, zoom, zoom. Yeah. Just yeah. all over the place. Uh-huh. And a Kafa, if they have a shot of espresso, it probably isn't, it's probably not going to affect them very much. You know, they're just that type of very grounded, like they're ner- they don't really suffer from nervous system imbalances as much as a Vata would. Um, they do tend to gain weight easier than the other two doshas because they're so, you know, uh, dense, you know, with the bones and the muscles. And sure. um, so they have to be really conscious of, of all three doshas, the, the, or of all three mind body types, um, those with the, the strongest Kapha constitution, they really need to get their daily movement in like at least, at least minimum, like 30 movements. It's so important because otherwise they fall into this slump of not wanting to move because the qualities of the Kapha dosha are heavy, cool, and slow. It's, it's, uh, the season of spring. Um, you know, so it's, it's just all like, think of like damp soil after the snow melts in the winter. Right. 
are just slowly starting to bloom. Like this is how it's all related to nature. And so those are the kapha dominant dosha. They're very chill. They're very slow. If they don't get their movement in, if they don't get enough stimulation in and enough light foods in their diet, lighter foods, then they're going to feel heavy. They're going to feel sluggish. They're going to feel lethargic. They're going to feel depressed, reclusive, you know? Um, so when it comes to their fitness routine, uh, heavy lifting isn't like super ideal for them because then you're just adding more yeah. weight to them. So it's just like, you know, um, any movement is better than none, but for the kapha type, for someone who's experiencing, especially a kapha imbalance, it's, it's best to do like, you know, the, the lighter reps with the, you know, getting your heart rate up and a consist at a consistent, uh, healthy, you know, heart rate for about 45 minutes or so, you know, to keep them moving, to keep them energized and in it. If you give them too long rest periods in between their sets, they're probably going to lose interest and they're going to be like, ah, well, I'm done here. <laughs> Oh, I'm like, well, find a couch. No, 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 no. Get up yeah. for that couch. <laughs> like, I'm about to sit down. You like got to like dive and pull the chair out of the way. I got yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't you sit. There's some clients, but once they sit down, that is the end of your workout. Right. And it is a fact. They sit down. It's like, I'm not going to get back up. I'm just like, I knew they were going to sit down. Just turn right. you back for one second. Oh. Yeah. 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 And those people are probably like the types that are, that are overweight, right? Like that are trying to lose weight, yeah. um, trying to get into fitness. If you're working out with like a pizza, man, like they're, they're going, they're on, like they're, they're going to be doing everything like to a T, like they're going to be really dialed in and like focused. Um, so yeah. Um, that, that basically, yeah, that's, that's all three mind body types. <laughs> no, that's a very complete description. Um, thank you for, going into such detail oh even though like that's what you do i didn't expect you to be like uh yeah they move too much slow them down they hurt yeah. themselves stop that get up yeah. and do stuff like you could have just like put in like a very small but you went into it with a little bit more depth so people who are hearing this at home i think will be able to like pull more from it because they can find out what type they are For and sure. find out if their routines currently correlate with their type and they may be a hyperactive person who are doing hyperactive exercises. And so they're getting more anxious and they're getting more anxiety because their workouts kind of push the neurosis even further instead of like scaling it back towards the middle. So that's awesome. I'm, now I'm trying to think of my clients that I have now, like, could I implement some of this? All right, this is actually a question. Could I implement some of the principles so like, like the workout principles you just mentioned, could I implement those into some of my clients' life without the overarching structure that you use? Yeah, you mean- Like, would it still be effective? You mean like without, <clears throat> without implementing like the diet and the lifestyle? Well, I mean, theoretically, if you have a client, they should be working on those things too. But just like if I have a client who's type A, super stressed, whatever, and they believe the workout they want, is something super intense because their life is intense. And if I come to them and say, hey, you know, I think let's try this opposite approach. I think it'll help balance you out without the overarching, you know, you got to be principled and disciplined and all that. Would it still be effective or do you just miss pieces of it? No, 100%. That'd be super effective. Super effective. Yeah. You know, it's just helping people become conscious of the way their lifestyle and their mindset and everything is either contributing to uh you know bringing them towards balance or if it's it's 
pulling them away from balance, you know, so any anything any adjustments that you can make uh, to bring them closer to balance is going to be great. Okay. That was a very that was actually your most concise answer. The whole podcast that was like 12 seconds of just that was a nice little button bow. Um, I tend to ramble and really go into detail. I'm like a big time, like I kind of find my way of what I'm saying through my voice sometimes. So sorry if they're a little bit longer winded. You know what it is though? I'm okay with that because as long as you get to the point you want to get to. I've, I've, I read a bunch of books and most of them say essentially, if you can explain your point in as minimal words as possible, then you have more of a mastery of it. But I think that's that may be true on the whole, but just like with diets and just like with body types, we're all not the same. Sometimes people need to find their way. Like in comedy, you don't have your voice when you first come on stage. I'm attempting to be comical, but I don't have my voice yet. I have a, I don't know, a version of myself that I think people will like. And over time, you develop the voice. And as long as you get to the point where you're funny and your voice is your voice, people don't care as much that early on. You were like, hey guys, you're, I got a joke for you, Shane. Man, like they, they disregard the fact that early on it may not have been fully authentic because you got to the good place. As yeah. long as like you're trying to explain to someone who hasn't experienced what you've experienced in a way that I can easily digest it. So I understand mm -hmm. why, if you were talking to someone else who was a specialist, you guys would just talk because you don't have to, there's no disclaimers. You don't have to explain terms. You can just go. So that's why I'm not like, come on, man. Like I'm a comic, so I got to find jokes when I can. But mm -hmm. I understand why it's more difficult to like break it down concisely because I'm someone who's never heard of any of this. Mm -hmm. So trying to, that's like a doctor trying to tell a patient, hey, you have blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, can you explain that doctor? I mean, I could, I could but <laughs> would you understand it in two sentences. I went to medical school for 10 years to learn this. So you're perfectly fine. I don't mind any of it. Um, you're, you're, you're engaging when you speak. So if you were like, if you were like Patrick, hey, so if you just um, do the thing, then I'll just be like, ah, oh, just get to the point. <laughs> but you're engaging. So I think people at home are gonna like it. Um, I think people will look into it more. Where can people, one, find you in case they wanted to reach out to you specifically for coaching. And then where would you direct people if they just wanted to get more knowledge about your practice in general? Well, I would direct them to my Instagram page for both. So okay, <laughs> that's all I got. Well, that or my Facebook, but um, I don't have a, a website up uh, at the moment. So Instagram is definitely the best way to find me. And if you do uh, resonate with my teaching in particular, then following me there, you're definitely going to learn a lot. So it's Ayurveda dot Amanda. Uh, How do you spell that? Yeah. So it's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A dot Amanda. A-M-A. <laughs> you guys know that one. Yeah. Is that yeah. Amanda with two A's? It's just the normal spelling of Amanda. Don't make it complicated. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, do you have any questions? Do you have any plug anything before I let you get out of here? Because I, I know I've been kind of asking you questions like the whole time. So this has been this has been more of an interview than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. But you were talking about interesting stuff, and I didn't have a place to like let me drop my little criticisms in here. Like I really was 
like a student, so I wanted to get catch up. But now that we've done a full overview, do you want to throw some things my way, or it's cool if you don't? But I want to give you the opportunity. Oh, let's see. I don't know. What do I want to throw your way? Oh boy. I don't know. I don't know. Um, in terms of Ayurveda, or in just in general? In general, I mean, you're. I'm learning about you from a long time ago, like you're learning about me. So. I mean, you see the shirt, so you already know what that's about. <laughs> shirt game on fleek. People don't even say that anymore. I don't know why I said that. That wasn't right. I like it. I like I was it. like 2016. So how many uh, – so when you do your stand-ups, I assume you do, you do mix in the SpongeBob, you said, right? I have one bit that I do SpongeBob for. Okay. And the bit was – I don't even do it that much anymore. I haven't done it in a couple of years. But the bit was I used to work at Wendy's when you knew me in college. So I worked at the gym and I worked at Wendy's. I did not know that. Well, listen, it wasn't for everybody to know. But <laughs> I worked at Wendy's, uh, the graveyard shifts. So I worked from eight at night until like five in the morning. And then, I would, and then I would work my normal shifts at the gym. So I was, I was, I was balling. Like my money was all right. Anywho, I was the guy in the drive-thru who took the order. So when you would come through at eight in the morning, I mean, eight at night, you're just like, hey, welcome to Wendy's. You know, you home with a square burger. But then by like midnight, 1 a.m., you're like, dude, I've been doing this for five hours. You yeah. got burgers, burger smells getting stuck in your shirt. Like you're kind of over it. So the only way to keep my morale up, energy up was to do voices as a voiceover guy. And so I would do from SpongeBob to Patrick to Stewie to whatever voices I knew how to do, oh. I would just go into those voices for like from like one until five in the morning and it made the late night rush of people who were leaving like scoop and they were leaving tilt to kilt and those kind of places they would come straight to us and they would be like we want nuggets and i'll just be like um i'll tell you, you what nuggets you just i'll tell you what, what, what was that and they would be like oh my god and it would just be a whole thing and they pull to the window we have a good time it was it just made the whole day go a lot more smoothly and so the joke is just basically i went into a pressure mode like all night and it really backed up the line because people would get to the window and we would just talk and the line of food people <laughs> would just get out of control and it's the whole thing. But no, I don't really do SpongeBob in my, in my material just because that's like a 20 year old show now. Like the references are still cool, but it's just like, I can't build a show off of that anymore. I feel like you should. I feel like there are people, you got to like Miggy, like I'm sure you've sprinkled in a SpongeBob joke here and there, right? Because there's got to be people out there that are like, yo, like. I keep, I keep my pinky up most of the time. Um, and I was like, I don't need Waddy. Waddy's recruiters. Like, <laughs> I, I say that at least once a week. <laughs> that comes up in real life. It's like, I don't need it. I don't need it. Like my pinky just like gets more and more quickly. Yeah. It's um, as you do stand up more and more, and I think this is like anything you practice for a long time. You find your voice, and you develop things you care about more than you used to. And I imagine once I have a family, a wife, and kids, and that kind of thing, my material will switch again to what they are. I went from Miami to LA, so when I was in Miami, I had jokes that pertain to Florida, to Miami, to the culture. And then I moved to LA. And LA is a whole different can of worms. I'm a dude from the South, so I'm trying to figure out how to navigate these waters, but maintain who I am while I'm out here. Because I've seen this place <laughs> spit people out because people walk into the, this is the beast and people walk into the belly of it. And 
they lose their compass, they lose their morale, they lose their light, a lot of people do. And mm -hmm. so my task has been maintaining my light and growing it while maintaining my grounded individuality self in a area that doesn't really value that. But what happened as a result of that is that people low key value it because it's not like what everybody else is. So now we're in the process of how do you monetize something that people find valuable? Mm. And that's totally, yeah. That's the place I'm in now, which is cool. That's why I have now three podcasts. That's why I, you know, have my own virtual comedy show. That's why we're, I'm, I'm finding ways to put myself in places that people can see me. Because ultimately these pods aren't ultra popular. Like maybe I'm getting 40, 50 people a show, which is still cool because I don't have a big following like in real life. So for anyone to listen to this, it's like, woo. But <laughs> I'm putting myself in a position where people can see and hear my voice. And I believe at some point, the right people will hear my voice and say, I like his perspective or I like his material or I like his one of his three podcasts. And then we take that like I write scripts, so I have scripts I'm writing as well. And my personality is infused into scripts, even if there's not a character necessarily devoted to who I am, it's just like maybe my morality or whatever's in there. And at some point, I don't know which avenue it's gonna like be the one. I just know I'm like you, I'm taking all of them. And at some point it will be like, hey, this is the path. And I'm like, all right. And then we'll just drive down it and then you just, do what you do once you get there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's the Dharma, you know, that's what we're talking about. You just keep doing it and uh can you hear me by the way the internet connection i think is unstable i can, can you hear me i can hear you yeah i can see you now yeah i could hear you before and i couldn't see you now i got both back okay sweet um yeah no i think that you know you just if, as long as you have that vision and, and that that passion for it you know you got to keep putting it out there and and yeah like life responds to that i truly truly believe that too it's like it's an interesting journey because when you move out to a place like this you have all these lofty expectations. You move to Hollywood. It's like the place where dreams come true. It's like Disney World, but like not really. And you come out here and you're just like, oh man, like you start, you meet a couple celebrities, you shake their hand, like I've watched you on TV. And they're like, oh, thanks, I appreciate it. And you're just like, and then you start trying to, you start throwing like, you ever cook spaghetti and you throw it against the wall to see if it's ready. And if it sticks, it is right. It's like you throw stuff against the wall and you don't notice what's going to work and what's not going to work. We, you know, I've shot a web series and we never even released it. I've made music videos and I'm not even that musical. And I had an in-person show at one location. They kicked us out, went to a different location and now we're on virtual. You just, you pivot and you flow and you just keep, you keep on the path. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I know you are because you did not forget about this podcast. <laughs> oh no, I'm not. I'm here for it. I was like, listen, <laughs> I know we agreed to this. I'm keeping you accountable to it. I knew you had a lot of stuff going on, good stuff, and I'm here for all my friends, all my family, people who are doing it. If you get caught up and busy, I have a podcast scheduled for two weeks from now with someone who's doing some big stuff. Like, listen, I can't right now. Get back to me. I'm like, oh yeah. Hey, we still doing a pod? Like, because I want to 
I want to be around as many people doing stuff as I can. And I can't be around you physically. So like this is, we're still sharing energy even over the Zoom and knowing your journey and where you've gotten to and mm -hmm. what you're attempting to do, which is enrich other people's lives. I mm -hmm. want to be around people who are trying to enrich other people's lives because mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to do. And there's a lot of ways to do it. It's therapy, it's coaching, it's comedy slash kind of therapy on a podcast <laughs> slash whatever else I'm doing. People make music that is that enriches the soul. I'm here for all of it because I think what you feed into yourself is what you give back out. And the more you feed in good energy, I don't want anybody on a pod that's like, man, my life sucks and I don't have any way out of it. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing here. But if you're like, I struggled, but I overcame, that's mm -hmm. amazing because we all struggle. And some of us just need to hear that you can overcome for us to believe that you can. It's okay. like, and that's, so I'm hoping that your story hits someone, especially who listens to this, because I'm not someone who has anxiety. I never really have, it's, it's, so I don't have that experience. I, most of the people I know, like best friends, women I've dated, oh my God. But a lot, a lot of people have had it. And so I'm on the outside trying to sympathize and empathize, but I don't have that experience. Like my brain is wired to where things kind of go chaotic. It's like the chaos theory, find, find the, the right path within that chaos. And mm -hmm. so I'll just keep reconfiguring the equation until it makes sense to my brain. So it won't go to the anxious part. It'll just say, that didn't work. Erase it, try it again. Erase it, try it again. It'll keep doing that until it finally gets somewhere that I can like recalibrate to. Mm -hmm. And That's so, good. huh? <laughs> it's, well, it's exhausting. Just like I'm sure in some ways anxiety is exhausting because it may lead to some level of self-sabotage. It may lead to some self-counseling. It may lead to um, a lot of moments alone trying to figure out what the equation is. Mm -hmm. But, and that's, so if you're going through something, maybe the best thing is not to be alone, but my brain tends to want to do that because I have to figure this thing out. And the more outside variables I have into the equation, the, the harder it is to figure it out. There's more equations, more variables. I need to keep the variables as limited as possible. So someone else giving me their input might throw those numbers off. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm learning to let people in when things may be rocky. Still don't have the anxiety part, but, I res but I'm here for anybody who does because I can be maybe a calming type presence to someone who does because that anxiety won't bleed into my personality where I pick up your anxiety. I can right. just be a sounding board for someone else's. Right. Yeah. And that, and that works. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. We, we all function differently, you know, and, and we got to be here to support each other in, in ways, in, in ways that we can. We're, we're doing it. Listen, you're doing it. I'm doing it. And there's a lot of people who are of our ilk and a lot of different facets of life doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think in this weird time, we're strangely coming together. Like we're always connected because of the internet and because of social media. I feel like this situation with the world is taking like the veneer off of what people were like faking. There are a lot of people faking the funk out there. People who were posting self-help quotes and were like super depressed. And now just been like, hey, I'm depressed, which is a better place than I'm not depressed everybody do well woo, and not being authentic with who you are mm -hmm. and people are you may have been in a relationship that wasn't great and you just didn't want to come to grips with it and then spending three months in a house with somebody you don't like is like 
I need to get out of this. <laughs> this is not working. You and now you've shedded something you probably should have done already. Jobs, mm-hmm. people have quit and started businesses. Like there's a lot of growth and there's a lot of vulnerability I think people have experienced during this time. And oh. so as a result, it's brought people a little closer together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that, you know, being a human, like everyone, everyone's going through something on some level, you know what I mean? And so the more authentic and raw and and real that we can be, the more connected that we can be towards each other, you know, because it's, it's just true. It's like being a human, this life isn't all just feeling good. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a mix. it's, it's dualistic by nature. I 100% agree. But Amanda, I'm going to let you go because I know you got appointments to do. Um, guys, catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube channel, and soon Amazon. They're doing some stuff. But maybe I shouldn't say that. Whatever, it's here. They'll figure it out. Um, thank you for tuning in once again to Unofficial Therapy Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Deuces. Bye.